There is a space on the National Domestic Violence Hotline website where survivors of domestic violence share their stories. I was struck by the story of a woman named Shana. She doesn't shy away from describing the difficulties she had in the months and years after she left her abuser. She writes, Life after abuse is so positive, but truth be told, sometimes you feel like it's harder than the abuse. Shana had married her husband at the age of 19 after a year of dating him. He became physically abusive 15 months into the marriage. She left a little more than two years later. She took with her only her toothbrush, one change of clothes, and an ATM card, which she was sure he would soon cancel. Otherwise, she had nothing. No makeup, deodorant, hairbrush, clothes, and no place to go. She was afraid to go to the local shelter for fear she might lose her job, and the only hotel in town had no vacancy. So she slept in her car. Later on, she slept on a friend's couch. There were times when Shana couldn't see the way forward, and she wondered if she had made the right decision. Would she be able to support herself financially? Would friends and family believe her? What if her husband found her alone? Would she ever stop crying or jumping at loud noises? When she had children, would they follow in her footsteps and marry an abuser, just as she had followed in her own mother's footsteps? Ultimately, after years in transition, Shana now has a new life. Of course, it was the opening of opportunity after opportunity that made this new life possible. Assistance from the Victim Compensation Fund, lots of therapy, support from the two friends who stuck with her through it all, a new job and the chance to relocate, the opportunity to adopt a beautiful daughter, and the realization that she could, in fact, take part in a healthy relationship. And although she doesn't say it explicitly, I suspect she also drew strength from other survivors, finding hope and courage in their journeys. She still has nightmares, and to this day she doesn't like to wear a scarf around her neck. But in many ways, Shana has made it through the wilderness to an entirely new life. Monica Coleman, an African-American theologian, says that in the black church tradition, this is called making a way out of no way. Making a way out of no way refers to the saving power of God to offer new possibilities that weren't present before. It refers to the saving power of God to call us into a new future. Looking at our Old Testament reading from Isaiah, we see that God has long been known as the one who makes a way out of no way. This passage comes from the part of Isaiah known as Second Isaiah, written to the Jews living in exile in Babylon. After 50, 50 years in captivity, Isaiah declares that God is getting ready to lead the people back to Jerusalem. It won't be a return to the same life that they had before, though. Instead, God is doing a new thing. The problem is that the people will have to make a trek through the wilderness, hundreds of miles, to get to this new thing. Now, God does promise to make a path through the wilderness for the people to walk on, as well as rivers through the desert from which the people can drink. 
And Isaiah starts the whole thing off by reminding the Israelites in exile that this is not God's first rodeo when it comes to making a way out of no way for the nation Israel. Referring to the exodus from Egypt, Isaiah calls God the one who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. Isaiah is hoping that in remembering their ancestors, the Israelites in Babylon might find strength and courage for their own journey. Still, I suspect that many of the Israelites were wary of this trip. For most of them, life in Babylon was all they'd known. And while it wasn't exactly freedom, they did have food, homes, and their own routines. I don't blame them if they were hesitant or even scared to trade all that for an unknown. It takes a lot of courage to step out into the wilderness to trust in a way forward when there's no such way in sight. But here's the thing. New life always requires a trek through the wilderness. A new identity always takes shape in the desert. We see it throughout Scripture. When God sets out to form a people from Abraham and Sarah, the first thing God does is to call them on a journey. After God frees the Hebrews from bondage in Egypt and parts the sea so that they can pass, the people spend 40 years wandering in the desert, learning what it means to be the people of God. As we see in today's reading, for the Jews to return from exile, they too must spend time in the wilderness. And when Jesus leaves his family and begins his ministry, the transition consists of 40 days in the wilderness. There is a pattern here. The wilderness is daunting because it is a place of danger, a place of loss, a place of death. And yet it seems God's vision of goodness and new life almost always leads us into the desert, into the wilderness. Why? Well, because any change, even the best of changes, requires loss. It disrupts the status quo. When God offers us new opportunities, in order to accept that offer, we have to be willing to let go of our attachment to other things. We have to trust in new life, even though we can't yet know exactly what that new life will look like or how it will come to be. We have to trust enough to let some things die. That's why change is hard. That's why so many of us choose not to take that first step into the wilderness. But here is the good news. We are never alone, even in the wilderness. In every single moment, God goes before us, making a way where there is none, offering opportunities for greater freedom and justice and wholeness time and time again. And others who have made the trek are with us too those who stand beside us now, and those who live on in our memories and in the influences they've left on our lives. These companions give us hope and strength to take one more step. They feed our faith. And so in this season of Lent, which is our journey in the wilderness, have courage, step out. And in doing so, may you experience one more gift of Lent, an echo of Easter in God's call.
all along the way.